So what we know is when we take those deep breaths and when we're practicing mindfulness and meditation, we're more apt to remember to use it because it's familiar. It's that skill we've been practicing. Then we are more creative. What we know is we calm down fight or flight. And that front part of our brain is now able to work more efficiently. So we can step back and see the big picture. We can communicate more clearly. We're not just reacting. We are more creative, innovative, efficient. So it really puts us in an advantage when we women need that advantage, especially in the, you know, those high powered workplaces where often are filled with men. And I think it can be, you know, a superpower of ours. Midlife Ladies. This is the Dear Midlife Podcast. Unapologetic girl talk that will help you remember who you are and figure out who in the hell you want to become. I'm Shelby Bybee, karaoke party queen, single mom, and an extrovert to a fault. And I'm Trinity Greenfield, a wild-haired woman full of sass, sparkle, and a heavy dose of black girl magic. So grab a glass and let's dive into the messy middle. Ladies, I don't know how many of you out there are like me. I pride myself, pride myself in being able to go harder, faster, longer than anyone else. Gosh, I think this behavior started when I was young. I was on the varsity swim team. I was on the debate team. I was in the theater production. I had a part-time job. I got straight A's. I helped my parents raise my three younger siblings and... The madness has just continued into adulthood and escalated. When I became a single mom, I was working a full-time job. I was playing the role of room parent. I was the PTO secretary. I was the Girl Scout troop leader and on and on. And it wasn't until recently when I just started to ask myself, why? And my answer was that I believe that I have literally formed an identity around my hustle. It has become so much a part of me. I just, I don't know how to stop. I believe it started so long ago because maybe it was the only way I felt as though I could garner attention from my ever busy executive parents. And now I hustle because I feel as though it is the only way I can be seen as worthy. But I tell you girls, the hustle is killing me. I I'm tired. I can't do it anymore. So today we've invited onto the podcast Shonda Morales, and she is a psychotherapist and licensed clinical social worker. And if you're feeling the same way that I am, exhausted, depleted, and just like life is one gigantic to-do list, Shonda is here to remind us, don't forget to breathe. She has been there. She hears you, ladies. And it's time to stop running. Time for you to stop running, and it's time for me to stop running. Shonda's book, Don't Forget to Breathe, Five-Minute Mindfulness for Busy Women, Beat Stress and Find Calm Anytime, Anywhere, aims to help women reclaim their peace of mind by centering themselves in the present moment even while they're being pulled in so many different directions. She draws on over 25 years of psychotherapy to provide women the resources they need to take care of themselves through quick, easy meditations that really can be done anywhere at any time. 
So ladies, this podcast will give you insights on how to take much needed breaks in your busy lives so you can be empowered to live a calmer, more fulfilled life. And if you're enjoying the Dear Midlife podcast, please leave us a review or share this podcast with a friend. We so appreciate your ongoing support of our show. And now, without further ado, let's welcome Shonda Morales. Today, we welcome to the podcast Shonda Morales, psychotherapist who has written a book called Don't Forget to Breathe, Five-Minute Mindfulness for Busy Women, Beat Stress, and Find Calm Anytime, Anywhere. Shonda, we need your help. We Welcome need this. to the podcast today. We are so thrilled to have you here. Oh, thanks for having me. Well, believe me, I wrote this book for myself as well as for everyone else. So it's not like I have it all figured out, but you know, I try to practice what I preach. Oh, I love it. It is such a journey. Life is a journey. And we would actually love to hear your journey because it sounds like there is a bit of a story behind why you chose to write this book. So please tell us. What sure. brought you to this place? Sure, right. So this is my second book and we were kind of chatting in the beginning about that. I've been a psychotherapist in private practice for 20, 25 years. And so I have two kids to back up. My kids are 20 and 10. And back when my daughter, who's the 20 year old was three, I was practicing yoga very seriously on a daily basis. And, and so I had a little taste of meditation, but nothing really formal came across mindfulness and meditation as part of therapy. And I thought, oh, that's pretty intriguing. I, I like that. So it felt like the heart piece or the awareness mm. piece that was missing in, you know, the the thought piece of therapy. Mm -hmm. So I investigated that a little bit more and enrolled in a um, eight week mindfulness-based stress reduction class in my local hospital. And part of the homework was to meditate for a half an hour every day. And so I, I know I just saw your eyes uh, bug out, Shelby, right? <laughs> a half an hour. Exactly. Right. And I was, you know, I'm a recovering type A perfectionist. And I was like, you want me to slow down? You want me to sit down and be right. still for half an hour? Really? Well, okay. So, but I am a, a people pleaser, you know, kind of recovering all this stuff. So I did my homework and really soon within a few weeks, I was like, Oh, okay. There's something to this. I was more patient with my daughter. I was just, you know, slowing down just a notch, but I was actually more productive and more efficient. And I was mm. hooked. So I uh, went through teacher training. I used it in therapy with my clients. I, um, started teaching in that program at that hospital and continue to meditate for a half an hour every day uh, until the time when I'm about to give birth to my son, my daughter's about to turn 10. And of course I know there's no way I'll be meditating for a half an hour every day no. with a newborn, right? No. So I'm like, okay, but I want to keep this in my life. How do I do this? So I developed these five minute practices because I figured I could figure that out somehow, carve out five minutes in my day as I'm juggling all these balls of being a new mom and having a business and so forth. So I started sharing them and teaching them to the women I was working with, the moms as well, and saw that how beneficial just five minutes a day could be. Mm. And so that was kind of the birth of uh, my first book, Breathe Mama Breathe, Five Minute Mindfulness for Busy Moms. And uh, at that time too, with my son, I was surprised by postpartum depression kind of hit me. Mm. There were a lot of factors going on, some health issues. My mother-in-law was uh, battling terminal cancer. So a lot of things. And I was like, Oh, okay. I thought I had this all figured out this motherhood thing. Um, but you know, we just never know when it's going to show up. So right. these practices really were a lifeline for me at that time as well. And so 
fast forward again, um, my son is, you know, getting into preschool, kindergarten, and I'm like, huh, I have some time. I have some time on my hands here. Um, and, you know, which is always nice when those sort of, we move into a different phase of our lives. Yeah. And, um, and so I started thinking about how to empower women in other ways with these practices. And this is this, the second book, Don't Forget to Breathe, which is full of these more mindful breaks, um, dozens of mindful breaks that can help us with anywhere from calm and awareness to confidence assertiveness, mindset shifts, um, to trying to create this overall life balance in our lives on an ongoing basis. So that's- Yes, the- yes, and yes. I need all an right? all of the above approach. <laughs> and let me tell you, Shonda, our listeners know that I have the best intentions in all of life and every meditation that I do, it's nap time. That's what happens. It's like night, night. <laughs> I can't get this <laughs> shit down to save my life. But the idea of like five minute break, like this almost feels doable okay, to me. And, yeah. and most of the time I'm always like, yeah, great idea. I'll, yeah, I'll yep. check you later. This sounds doable. Okay. Well, good. I'm yes. glad to hear. Yeah. I'm enthusiastic to hear a little bit about what are some of the practices and mindfulness techniques that you recommend. But before we go there, I would really like to just clarify for myself and for our audience, what is the difference between mindfulness, meditation, mm. and these mindful breaks that you're recommending? Because I feel like I know I'm confused. And so <laughs> I'd really <laughs> I'd really love to get a little bit of clarity around the differentiation between those phraseologies. Definitely. Very common uh, confusion. So very simply, mindfulness is paying attention to what's happening in this moment with an attitude of kindness. So it's present moment with kindness. And that's the part that often gets missed, right? Where we always are, you know, judging and especially ourselves as women, we tend to be very judgmental of ourselves. So we try to bring in this attitude of kindness and curiosity to the present mm. moment. So the opposite of mindfulness is when we run on automatic pilot. And we've all had that experience many times, I'm sure of, you know, getting in our car, driving somewhere and you're like, whoa, I don't remember making that turn or passing this place. We are either in our minds, we're either in the future, we're worrying, what it, what ifing and running through our to-do list, or we're in the past re- rehashing a conversation or something like that. So mindfulness is about pulling ourselves out of automatic pilot and back into that present moment. And meditation is carving out time in our day to practice the skill of mindfulness. So it's like a skill, like if we're learning to play piano or we're learning to swim, we can't just do it one time and be like, oh yeah, I'm great at this. I mean, we need to practice. And so meditation can be as simple as we often use the breath. I notice my inhale. I notice my exhale simply because it's always with us. It's easy. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we notice very soon that our minds go crazy, wandering off all sorts of places. <laughs> and that's where we get frustrated because the biggest myth is that, uh, I'm going to clear my mind of thoughts, or I'm going to, you know, slow down my thoughts when really it's just being aware of where our minds right. go, all of these thoughts. And over and over, we repeatedly bring our attention back to this home base of the breath, the inhale, the exhale, and we're building that mindfulness muscle of attention as we do that. So it's that skill. 
So that's meditation. Uh, and then mindful breaks are these opportunities and reminders that Trinity likes where you can drop in in the middle of the day uh, to just be more aware. So we pull ourselves out of automatic pilot. We don't need to go into our rooms and get quiet and close our eyes and meditate. I can take a mindful break while I'm drinking my coffee or while I'm mm. commuting to work or um, you know, all sorts of opportunities right in the middle of our day. And so if you're thinking about it, I talk about this combination of if you can carve out those five minutes of meditation in the morning, ideally start your day that way, and then sprinkle your day with mindful breaks, you are really going to be in a place where I talked earlier about slowing down a notch and being more efficient, more productive. I mean, that's what we know is that when we're in fight or flight, when we're stressed, we're tight, we're overwhelmed, we're not thinking clearly, we're not as playful, we're not fun. We are just our better selves when we're just a little bit more calm and we can sustain our energy longer. I love that idea. So I have an app on my watch. I have a little Apple watch and it, it tells me to breathe uh -huh. and I actually set it up so that every hour on the hour it would breathe or it would prompt me Remind to breathe. You, yeah. My, my watch isn't doing the breathing. I'm <laughs> Wouldn't that be awesome? Um, yeah. yeah. One less thing to do. It might be actually good exactly. if the watch could do the breathing for me because here's what happened. I failed. I failed oh. at my goal was to take seven deep breaths every hour on the hour, Shonda. And yeah. I, I failed. Oh so, gosh, you have to use that F word. I, I call it fail the other F word. Like, exactly. uh, right. <laughs> so help us figure this out. How, I mean, it sounds so easy, but how do you actually really do it and then stick with it? Yeah. I love that you're saying that because it's so true. And it's, it's in those moments and, and phases of life where we feel so overwhelmed and so time starved that it's like, are you kidding me? You want me to stop and take a breath, you know, mm -hmm. but, and it's radical and it feels really, really hard, but I'll just tell you, it's like anything again, the more you practice it, the easier it gets. And the more you remember to do it. And that's why I'm a huge advocate for meditating even one minute when you first get out of bed in the morning, because it sets the tone for your day. You're reminded, oh yeah. I don't have to slip into this automatic pilot where I'm on that hamster wheel and I yeah. don't have a moment to stop and breathe because we do. So I guess I would just say, you know, um, in, invite you to keep trying. <laughs> um, and that's where, you know, sometimes people will have a watch to remind them. And that's where the mindful breaks come in because it's, I say, choose one mindful break to get started for, you know, practice that every day for a week or two, it starts to become habit. So you're, maybe you're doing it with your coffee. Maybe you're doing it as you're brushing your teeth, but it's that reminder that I can just stand still. I'm brushing my teeth anyway. I might as well just pay attention about the fact that I am brushing my teeth, you know, um, and be there for it. So, and then we start to train ourselves to recognize I don't need to be, you know, off planning in my mind every single second. I can come back and be here for my life because what we, what we know too is it uh, helps us notice and savor all of these beautiful moments in our lives that are happening all the time that we just miss because we're mm -hmm. off on automatic pilot. Yeah. I've so been in that space for the last few weeks. And I find that when I get really, really busy at work, um, I just, I end up laptop on my lap and it's like, I go into this hole and it's literally, it feels like I'm in this black hole 
where I, I don't see anyone else. I can't talk to anyone else. Like, don't ask me to do anything. Cause I will literally break your face in half. <laughs> like it is a high tension, high stress. And I am laptop from 7am till midnight yeah. every single day. And I'm still in this, like the Oof. fact that we were going to do this interview, I was like, oh, now I have to break Shonda and Shelby's faces in half because I don't <laughs> have time for this fucking interview. <laughs> um, but I'm glad that I did because obviously this is something that I need. So, so talk to me about, I know I'm not alone. I know I'm not alone, especially with women in midlife who have careers or have families and we go through this. Why is it so important to carve out these moments, to carve out at least a few moments each day so that women have this, this time or this moment for themselves? Yeah, I think it, our, our whys, the reason behind it is going to depend on each of us. And I think it's really helpful anytime we are clear with what my why is. It might be different than yours. For me, it might be um, I might do it for my kids. I'm a nicer mom. I'm not barking at my mm. husband as much when I am, when I'm stopping and pausing every, you know, couple of hours, whatever that is. Maybe I, maybe it's for my work. Like I'm more productive because who's productive from 7am to midnight. I mean, your brain just can't ha- like, there's the law of diminishing returns that comes in. You yes. can't be as efficient. It's just not happening. I mean, we forget, we, we know it, but we get fool ourselves into thinking that, you know, we can keep, uh, that sort of output going. I mean, maybe it's for health. Maybe it's because like, oh my gosh, like I have these headaches. I have these stomach aches. I have this muscle tension. Um, Heart palpitations. And heart palpitations. Yeah. Pressure in the chest, panic attacks. I mean, all kinds of things, or I'm just exhausted. And maybe it's, you know, I want to start treating myself better. Like I want to start celebrating Mm. my life. You know, what am I waiting for until the end when I'm kind of just like, all right, now I'm well, I'm tired and I don't have time to do the fun things that I want to do now. So like, how do we, how do we start having fun and, you know, inject Mm. our lives with a little bit of playfulness and, and just levity. Um, so everyone's why is going to be different, you know, and, and there's a ton of research out there too, as to how just these little breaks can really, uh, improve our, our health, our mood. There is research about how it affects our longevity. So living long, healthy lives, because what we know about meditation is that it affects all the way down to our cellular level. These are telomeres. There are these caps at the end of our chromosomes that they're almost like a a shoelace, the end of a shoelace that has that cap and it tends to wear out and break down as we age. It's just natural. I'm one of those frayed tore apart. Are you, are you shoelaces? Okay. All right. Okay. (laughs) The ones you can't even get through the hole anymore. It's all frayed. (laughs) No, I think you might feel that way. I don't think you're there yet. But hopefully not. So, but with long-term meditation, the, the telomeres stay intact longer. And so we live longer, healthier lives, which, mm. you know, we all want that. So yes. there are so many reasons. Oh, that's that good. Fascinating. So then how, how do I become mindful and what does that look like? And then you can even segue into how does meditation look? I've heard a variety of different ways that meditation is described but what are you prescribing for your patients or the, the women that follow your practice? Yeah, sure. So guide, it's always helpful if you're going to start the practice of meditating to use a guided meditation to get started. Um, if you go to my website, you can get a five minute guided meditation with my voice. Um, and there, you know, there are apps, there are all kinds of ways to do this. So, but always having a voice 
when you get started to bring you back because it's, again, it's, you might choose something as simple as I'm going to sit outside and I do this all the time, sit outside and listen to sounds. I hear the birds, I hear the, the wind rustling in the trees in the, in the leaves and my mind will wander off. I'll think about what I need to do today or who's up now or whatever. And then I just say, oh, okay, there my, there I was thinking. And I just bring my attention back to sounds over and over for a few minutes. That's meditation. It's really a simple practice. It's just not easy. And mm -hmm. I always say, especially for those of us who are high achievers, um, that we think I'm not doing this right. I'm not, what's wrong with me. So I'm not winning. I'm not winning. Yes. I'm not winning at meditation. <laughs> what's wrong with me. And so we just call that judging, judging. Yes. And then what we find is we judge ourselves for judging. Why are you judging yourself so much? What's wrong with you? <laughs> so you just notice that quick too. spiral. It's a quick it's, spiral. Shonda. Yes. So I think, you know, it's, it's really, I always say have an attitude of amusement. It's, it's pretty crazy crazy and amazing where our minds go. And if we can be curious and, uh, you know, open to it and just be amused by it, it has a very different flavor and, uh, and just know that it's, it's a practice. So some days you're going to sit down for five minutes and you are barely there in your mind. And some days it's going to feel great. Um, so it's, it's different every day. So that's the way to get started with the meditation. So talk to us about the different types of, of breaks that you I'll, I'll say prescribe to your ladies that you work with, what are they, how are they used and, 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 you know, what, what types of benefits do, um, those in your practice receive from them? Sure. So one that I talk about is the four, seven, eight breath. And I talk about it, the mindful break is called wide awake because this can really help when we're struggling with insomnia as I'm sure, you know, mm. familiar, um, or in, in a moment when you're feeling really overwhelmed and you're just like, I need a shot of something to calm me down. Mm -hmm. So the four, seven, eight breath is breathing, inhaling through our nose to the count of four, holding our breath to the count of seven, and then slowly breathing out through our mouths, like to the count of eight. So it's four, seven, eight. And what it does is calms down our nervous system. You know, it pulls us out of fight or flight, which we can often be in fight or flight in a very low level and not even recognize we're there. Mm -hmm. So, um, so that's a simple, and it's something that can really help at that time too with sleep. So that's a quick hit, um, anytime. And you can do that anywhere. I love that. Yeah. That's yeah, I love that one. So that's a calming one. Four, seven, um, eight. Yeah. So that's a breathe mindful break mm -hmm. to bring you kind of calm you down. Um, another, uh, mindful break. That's a becoming a mindful break, which is all about assertiveness and confidence and mindset is, um, what I call unmute yourself. And so this came oh, to Lord. me with, Oh Lord, not, maybe not for all <laughs> of us though. I mean, some of us need this and some of us don't, right. It's knowing where we fall on a continuum. Yeah. We'll talk about that. Yeah. Some of us need to mute ourselves. Maybe sometimes, I don't know. Exactly. Do you have a muting one? <laughs> is there a muting <laughs> option? <laughs> yes. It, but that's a great point you bring up because I think often with women I work with, it's about needing to speak up more, but, but knowing if I'm impulsive with my speech, then I need to breathe before I speak. That's mm. your place to work. So I need the four, the seven, eight first. Got it. That's yeah. right. Exactly. <laughs> yes. But that the unmute uh, mindful break is all about a woman I was working with who told me that she uh, was really frustrated in her corporate job. And this is before COVID and, and virtual work. And she was on a lot of conference calls and video calls and she would mute herself because she felt like I'm on in this, you know, working with all these men and I'm intimidated and I don't speak 
up and her mentor said to her, you know, you have great ideas, you, but you don't contribute them. So she mm. told herself at each meeting, I'm going to unmute my button and I'm going to speak up and contribute, ask a question, do something in that way. And she said, my, my mouth would get dry, my heart would pound, and I did it anyway. And before long, she was given these promotions, these projects to work on that she had wanted to work on because she deliberately unmuted herself. And so it's knowing where we can push ourselves a little bit and step out of our comfort zone, or it's that intentional micro actions really is what some of these mindful wow. things are about. Yeah. Here's what I love about that one. So even though we all know I have no problem with unmuting myself, <laughs> you know, proverbially or physically, it's interesting because I have worked with a woman who's been at the same level that I am and we could not be any more different where there have been times, you know, with this woman where she would say something and we would all be like, oh, you're on the call. <laughs> right. We haven't heard from you in weeks. Maybe it's been months. I'm so unsure. But her phone is always on mute. Mm. And so I think that it's a um, an interesting practice that is so much more than just the physical Oh, yeah. Physical being of being on mute, that there is an intentional mindset. So I think that's a really great place where those of you who are listening, you know, it's an opportunity to even check yourselves. Do I live my life on mute when I'm on these conference calls? What does that mean? Where am I potentially um, selling my life short or selling my value short and what I have to contribute in any given situation? Because you can bet your bottom dollar if you're doing that at work, you're doing it in other areas of your life as well. Likely. And, and also what I see though, is that sometimes women can feel quite confident in certain areas. Maybe they feel confident at work and they're actually not confident or assertive in certain relationships. Mm. So it can, it can be across the board or it can also be, you know, in different scenarios and different uh, areas of our lives too. So it's paying attention to that. Wow. That's a really powerful one, Shonda. Thank you for that. Sure. Yes. And, and what's the third? So, and I, so then the third is about balance and uh, it's so many for those, but it's, people will say a lot of women I hear will say, there's no such thing as life balance. And I really <laughs> disagree about that. I think, I think it's our definition, right? That yes. is, I see it as this ongoing recalibration and kind of just being intentional. Like we're talking about where am I falling on this continuum? How is life feeling right now? How is the speed? How, you know, and just assessing that on a regular basis. And that's again, where that moment or two or five of quiet in, in the morning, we check in with ourselves. What's, what's up? What do I need? Sometimes we need like a little energy. Sometimes we are like, I'm stagnant. I'm bored. Life is a little lackluster. I need a challenge, you know? So it's not always about calming down and slowing down. It's sometimes about like, I need some speed. I need some fun. I need some a booster shot. Yeah. 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 So, so I talk about the gas pedal and the brake, knowing when to put on the gas pedal, knowing when I need the brake. Sometimes life throws on the emergency brake for us. And we're like, Ooh, okay. I guess I'll, you know, adapt so to true. this. Um, so it's, it's, it can be a fun, I, I call it like an invitation to experiment with life balance and just keeping an eye out for it. And it doesn't have to be so, you know, so perfectionistic and uh, serious. Mm, it can be a journey. Yeah. And, and that framework then is breathe, becoming, and balance. Right. And picking from what you need in the given moment. Yeah. In order to 
enhance and create what you need. Yes. And I I talk about kind of this upward spiral of growth, you know, that hopefully where I love, I think growth is super important and we're always evolving. Um, and hopefully we don't stay stagnant. So I think it's, you know, I see it as that, you know, we pull out those breaks we need, but it keeps us growing in that upward spiral. I love that. And, you know, you've really shifted my, my mindset around the idea of mindfulness and even meditation, because in my head, when I think about mindfulness, I think of it more as just being still and being quiet. But what I hear you saying is it's not necessarily being still and being quiet. It's about paying attention to what you Mm. need in the moment. Mm -hmm. And then maybe it's about pulling up the energy or maybe it is about being calm and quiet, but it's about finding that balance, finding what it is that you need by simply paying attention to what your body your body is telling you. Exactly. Body. And, you know, there are a couple of parts to it. It's our thoughts, our body sensations and our emotions. And we call that the triangle of awareness. And what we know is they impact each other very quickly and then they affect our behavior. So we can really be, we can drop in at any moment and say, what are my, what's my thought right now? Like what is top of mind? What are the emotions? And then what are the uh, body sensations that go with it? And so um, that increases our awareness. And then, you know, so if I'm, frustrated. I might have one judging thought of like, oh my gosh, you didn't handle that call very well or that question very well. Right. And I might start to feel like a, a like a pit in my stomach, a lump in my throat, and I'm feeling a little shame and guilt and, and I can keep spiraling around that. Then I go and I see my family and I'm like, and I'm barking at them. You know I mean? It affects our behavior versus if I was like, okay, I see what's here. Okay. All right. What do I want to do with that? That gives me choice um, rather than I'm just reacting all the time. Mm. So what about burnout? How do you see this practice helping women that are struggling with burnout, whether that is, you know, in their parenting motherhood role, their partner role, their career, just trying to keep all of the balls in the air? How is this an antidote? Yeah, well, it's hopefully proactive, a proactive approach before we get to burnout. Um, that's the hope because we, we integrate this into our lives. So we are giving ourselves permission. And I always talk about that. I think that's a huge one for, for us women is like, we, even if we have the intention of doing some self-care and taking care of ourselves and paying attention, it's like, it falls to the end of the list. It's like, when mm-hmm. I'm done with X, Y, Z, 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 you know, then I'll get to myself. Oh, it's too late tonight. And I'm tired. Never mind. So, and on and on we go. So it's having permission to really put ourselves higher up on that priority list. So hopefully that's happening and there can be this shift. One of my biggest intentions is to demystify this and make it simple so that any yes. of us can do this you know, no matter what's on our plates, you know, we can find some time for this and, uh, and give ourselves that permission to do it. So, and if we are already in burnout, sometimes we need more help than just what I'm, what I'm offering. You know, you need therapy, you need to really take some time off and rest. Mm. Hopefully it's not at that point. So, yes. Oh, I love it. I know. I was like, is there a fourth B? Is it like booze? Right. Is, booze is the next one. <laughs> Bourbon. <the> next book. <laughs> Booty calls. Right. <laughs> I could go on forever. Ooh, like Bourbon this. and booty calls. That's the next Bourbon and, and booty calls. Breathe, breathe, breathe while you're doing all of that as well. Right, right, right. <laughs> so for those of us who are in this space where we know we need to do something differently, tell us what we can do to get started. What are the first steps? Yes. So 
again, first thing in the morning, use a guided meditation. And if that feels too intimidating, I want you to just wake up and sit there, sit still for like 30 seconds. And if that feels like too much, then I say the coffee mindful break, the tea, whatever you're drinking in the morning, which is as simple as bringing your senses to that cup of coffee that you probably just like slug right back. Don't even recognize you had it at all. But literally again, that radical stopping and pausing for 20 seconds and feel the warmth of the mug, smell the aroma of the coffee, taste that first sip, feel the warmth moving down your throat and into your stomach. So it's a really different way of just drinking your cup of coffee that you're already going to do anyway. So, and I like the, sometimes what I do, uh, probably I'm in Pennsylvania, but three seasons or 